It's almost time for the 61st ACB Annual Convention, and convention time also means ACB Auction Time. This year's auction will be held on Saturday, June 18th, beginning at 6 p.m. Central Time. It's your chance to bid on crafts, jewelry, technology, and those ever-popular food items, including some delicious baked goods. Participation is easy. If you're registered for the convention, you're automatically registered to bid. You can join in on Zoom or tune in to ACB Media to catch all the action. If you want to get in on some early deals, the ACB Appetizer Auction is for you. It'll take place June 16th and 17th with lots of great items up for bid throughout both days. All proceeds will benefit ACB membership and the ACB community. Watch your email for more auction details or contact Leslie Spoon if you have any questions. Her email address is lesliespoon at cfl.rr.com. That's lesliespoon at cfl.rr.com. Let's have some fun while raising money to support ACB. See you at the auction June 18th, beginning at 6 p.m. Central Time. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, ACB community. You're listening to ACB's Home Garden and Agriculture Program. We come to you through the community on the second Saturday of each month at this time bringing you all kinds of talk about uh, topics related to growing and raising animals and all the things that uh, we're interested in um, related to uh, our homes, our gardens, and our agricultural pursuits. My name is Marge, and my co-host is Deborah, and uh, we have a special guest for you today, uh, Deborah will introduce Susan, but first we have to always check in. Deborah, how's your garden doing? Oh, my garden is doing so well this year, and I think for the first year in many years, it actually looks kind of nice too, which is not always a priority for me, but this year I'm paying a little more attention to that. The herbs are fantastic. Uh, I've had so many good new cups of tea. Uh, one of my favorites has become hyssop, kind of tastes like root beer in a tea. And I grew a new vegetable this year, kohlrabi, and fell in love with kohlrabi. So um, the cold crops are starting to go out and looking forward to the warm crops starting to produce here soon. How about your way, Marge? How's well. your garden doing? Yeah, cold crops are out for sure. You just try to prolong things a little bit more, and you, you can't Sorry do it. That. So um, the kale has just gone out and, and other things as well. And uh, we have uh, way overabundance of cucumbers um, due to a couple of things that conspired against me to uh, uh, make that a reality, um, not something I wanted to have happen. Um, and uh, we're harvesting blueberries. And even though we hit most mostly 90 uh, most days, we've had some rain this week, so everything is flourishing. And my herbs are 
uh, doing well also mostly right now because they can tolerate the heat at least for a little while uh, before it becomes um, too much of a routine for them and they start looking bedraggled. But right now the herbs look good and uh, most other things do as well, though um, not done quite with the summer planting. So um, it all it all continues and uh, we hope for um, good weather and enough rain and few insects and diseases. Yes, absolutely. No insects. <laughs> so um, I just, I, I want to apologize for the dog barking. I'm babysitting kind of a noisy dog and hopefully I have her quiet now. Um, I wanted to ask our host, Travis, so Travis is our Zoom host today, and um, Deb is streaming for us. Travis, do we have Nella? Can we see if Nella's on the line? If yes, not, I have allowed her permission to, to talk. All She's right. here. Hi, oh, Nella. Hi. Um, hi. hi. Nella has some wonderful news for the family. Um, Nella, tell us about the listserv you set up. So I have set up a listserv um, called Homesteading by Touch. It's all spelled out, Homesteading by Touch, all run together, all spelled out. And it is going to be a listserv for anybody in this group or um, anyone who is interested in um, homesteading type endeavors, such as gardening, keeping livestock, um, Food preparation, food preservation, um, home maintenance, home management type things. And it's, um, I have uh, in the description on, on um, groups IO, I have, you know, that's for persons who are blind and visually impaired and their friends and family members because I know a lot of people, you know, who are um, trying to homestead or, or live that lifestyle, you know, their family members are involved. So I thought it would be good to include those people as well on the listserv. Um, I will be very honest that I am learning about <laughs> groups IO as I go. So um, I will do my best to moderate, um, but please bear with me. If you are um, interested in signing up or joining, you can send an email to homesteadingbytouch and then a plus sign and subscribe, and then it's um, at groups.io, and then that will come, and, and, and I can approve it. Or um, if you, I don't think I'm allowed to give my email out, but if you're, if you yeah, want, we, um, if we you want to, also, yeah, you oh, have an sorry, email, right? You, you have an email, yeah, right? We, for, you can also, a, email acb.home.garden.agriculture at gmail.com and I'll pass on the information. But could you give that uh, email address one more time? Yes. If, if you want to subscribe, you just type out home studying by touch, all lowercase, all spelled out, the plus sign and the word subscribe. And then you have at this at sign groups.io and then that will get you subscribed. If you can't remember that, if you, you can send a message to the ACB um, home garden agriculture with your email. And if someone, or if someone can forward this to me, then I can send you an invite. 
So yeah, we can mention this. Yeah, we'll mention this at the end again too, so that if people yeah. haven't quite got it, um, we'll do it at the end. Thanks. And no, you can always contact the community uh, call email, and they can forward email to us too. So we'll we'll get you connected. So with, thank you, Noah. This is awesome and wonderful. I, I really appreciate your work on this. Thank, thank you. you. So um, if she'll just hang on until the end, we'll have her come back at the end and give that email address again. Without further ado, I am going to introduce our guest today. She is has been very popular when she's been on with us before. Susan is a horticulturalist with the University of Idaho Master Gardener Program and with the Extension Agency, Ada County Extension Agency. She has been my wonderful teacher for many years. Um, I'm a Master Gardener through uh, the University of Idaho. And I really appreciate her willingness to come on and talk to us today about herbs. Susan, thank you so much. Um, what is growing in your garden right now, Susan? Well, I'd have to say that I'm probably about three weeks behind, but I'm still putting in tomato plants. I have had um, a problem. I have a little farm that I live on, and uh, I've, I've had marmots. And so I had to first get rid of the marmots. And so I've been putting live traps out there to catch marmots and transport them down by the river where there's water and nice trees and stuff and get them out of my yard because they like to eat greenery. So I've been waiting to put some of my plants in the ground until I could get rid of most of the marmots. And I actually moved seven of them to a park, you know, down by the river. And so hopefully they're much happier there. And now I could start putting my garden in. And so yeah, I'm kind of behind. Yeah. But, um, I've been putting a borage in, which is one of my favorite flowers um, and tastes. It has kind of a cucumbery flavor to it. And you had mentioned, Deborah, when we started about teas, and I wanted to talk a little bit about teas and herbs um, and things that you could plant or even have in containers if you don't have uh, soil that you can put it in outside somewhere. But herbs are so much a natural for containers. That would be awesome. Yeah. If you, well, first off, could you describe what a borage looks like? Well, borage is, um, it's, it's probably about, I would say, can grow about two <clears throat> and um, maybe even up to, <clears throat> excuse me, two and a half to three feet tall. Uh, it has a lot of hairs all over it. So it's very hairy feeling. Um, not prickly, but just soft hairs all over the leaves, all over the stem. It has um, uh, star-shaped flowers, blue flowers on it. And the flowers actually have hairs on the base of them. But the petals themselves, if you take them off the base, are something that people float in, you know, uh, cocktails and drinks and iced tea and things like that. And the leaves themselves and the plant itself has a cucumber smell and flavor to it. So it's uh, an ornamental, and um, borage is kind of pronounced, it kind of rhymes with porridge. So when you say borage, you're just saying porridge. You know, it's kind of similar. But borage, B-O-R-A-G-O, borage officinalis is its genus name. 
And it's called other names as well, like common buglos, but that's not a very nice name for it. I think borage is a better one. It uh, grows wild in the Mediterranean countries. And it once had a reputation for dispelling melancholy and giving courage. And so I think, wow, this is this is a great thing to be making a tea out of if this really works. And also um, used use for treatment of nervous conditions. And so I thought, well, okay, borage is for me. You know, I need so borage I enjoy... for my friend's dog. <laughs> yeah, if you could get the dog to eat a little borage leaves, that probably yeah. would calm him down a little bit. You know, but I think I, that it's, I grew it's some a great last... plant. Oh, it is. I grew some last year, and the bees were all over it. They just loved it. They it mm-hmm. and, and it, it it's a unique texture. I I encourage people to. To grow it because it's interesting for the texture too. Oh yeah, and so, it's just an annual, so I mean it'll reseed itself, mm-hmm. or you could save the seed and put some in next year. Do you know what yeah, part and, of the plant, Susan, the oil um, comes from? I take borage as a uh, su- supplement uh, for skin and to have glowing skin. So I take borage oil, <laughs> and I haven't known what part of the plant the oil is drawn from. Well, they usually use leaves and flowers as the main part they use for tea. So I would assume that they'd be using the leaves, you know, for taking any kind of oils out of it. It's not a very oily plant. No, I can't imagine. Yeah, I would be a lot. I I spent quite a lot to um, get much oil out of it, but it's it's a wonderful supplement. Yeah, it's a and and it's a fun plant. It's um, I like it it with its bristly you know feel to the leaves and things of that nature. So it has a lot of nice texture, and um, like um, Deborah mentioned, the bees love it. So it's a good pollinator plant as well. So that would be a nice one, I think, for teas. And I think another one that I'm thinking of for um, I'm gonna put some in, but I don't usually start it from seed. The, uh, the borage, I start from seed because it has a big seed and it's pretty easy to grow. But basil is another one that um, I buy usually as plants because it's it's slow to get started if you're trying to start from seed. And so I usually buy basil plants and there's about 17 different types of basil. And actually they say that you're supposed to pronounce it uh, like you would dazzle. So it's supposed to be basil, but I have always heard yeah, it as basil, basil, so it's hard for me to say <laughs> basil. But it says that it's it's um, it derives from uh, a Greek word that means king, because it was highly esteemed in the East, and uh, supposedly was planted outside Hindu temples. On the other hand, though, they came that they uh, sometimes think that it has um, it's an agent of the devil. You know, and I'm not sure why that is, that it can be something for kings, but also something of the devil. <laughs> but I think well, it's kind of interesting that makes background. You feel good, maybe. maybe anything that makes <laughs> you feel good. I don't know. Um, I'm growing um, holy basil this year. It's also called Tulsi. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it makes, a, oh, it's just such a good tea. A yes, really good tea, it, and it, it is. is supposed to be good for lowering blood pressure, and it has an amazing flavor. Just I oh, add it to kombucha yeah. when I brew kombucha, and and it ah. adds to the tea flavors, and it, it really is. I have a whole stash from a friend of mine, but did you get seeds for that, Deborah? I'm going to have to grow it because I'm going to run out of my stash. Y- yes, I got seeds from um, 
Baker Creek. Good. And, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they were very, very slow starting. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of the, that's how they are, or if it is because of the planting, planting medium I used. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, yeah, are pretty, they are pretty slow to start. Yeah, they are, are pretty they? slow to okay. start. Yeah. yeah. And so, but the cool thing about it is I think that, you know, that spicy clove-like flavor, I just, any basil, I love all basils. Yes, they're all and, good. Um, I just think that they're wonderful. And as a, a tea, you're not using very much of it. You know, you'd probably be using, you know, about three teaspoons full of crushed fresh herb, you know, compared to dry herbs, which you'd only, with a dry, if you dried it, you'd only be using about one teaspoonful. But um, yeah, it's, it has such a wonderful flavor to it. And it's sure, sure well worth, I think, thinking about when you're thinking for tea. It's supposed to help stomach problems and things of that nature. So um, a lot of the teas, the herbal teas are like that. They help you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, why not have something that has a, a great history to it as well? Yes. I did have a question about it. Uh, I did notice that the Tulsi tends to form seed heads pretty quickly. And I know with with culinary basil, the, I've always heard you're supposed to pinch off the um, the flower heads and try to keep the leaves going as long as possible. Is, is that true or is that kind of a, a myth? No, that is true. No, that is true. One of the problems with uh, a plant going to seed is that Oftentimes, depending on the plant, it can make the leaves stronger tasting and so not as nice a flavor to it. Plus, it's drawing out of the energy to make a seed. And so that's why we usually cut off the seed heads so that it'll stay in vegetative mode for as long as possible. It's kind of like if you're trying to eat uh, dandelion greens. If as soon as the flower comes up, those greens don't taste as good anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, there's like some chemical changes that happen there. But yeah, we usually try to stop the seeding from going on. Yeah, for as long well, as with, we can, anyway. With the Tulsi, it's very persistent. I have to go out there every day and pick the flower buds off. But I'm making tea out of the buds, and and it's actually a very good tea too. But the leaves are the best, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and Deborah, I wonder, have you ever grown bee balm? I have lots of bee balm. I started out with one little four inch pot and now I have about um an eight by eight area. Wow. <laughs> Full of yeah, bee they, balm. it's easy to yes. grow. Yeah. Easy. Yes. And has these underground rhizomes that kind of move it around for you and but it likes kind of shady condition. Do you find that in your yard? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I have some growing in the ground and this year I'm growing some in a container too, just to, to compare. And, um, it definitely does better in the ground, but it does well enough in the container. So people who are interested, I, I have not made tea with it though. So what does the tea taste like? Well, it's kind of a, a minty, aromatic kind of kind of a mint that you get from it. And bee balm is uh, actually a true American wildflower, and it is a member of the mint family. That's why it probably has, you know, a uh, you know square stem, and it has those rhizomes that are moving it around because that's what mint tends to want to do as well. But um, it has a big history that goes with it that the native um, Americans used it, uh, and also the Boston Tea Party. Long ago, 
when they uh, were taxing, the English were taxing for tea, they threw all the tea in the harbor and they said, okay, instead we're just going to drink bee balm. And they did. <laughs> so oh. bee balm works for a lot of things. It's part of history and um, kind of started that way as well. Hmm. The Native Americans are using this. We could use it too. And it's supposed to help if you have any kind of problems. Once again, with stomach problems, it's good that way. They, um, they use just leaves and the flowers. And you want to, with any kind of herb, you want to wash the plant off carefully just to get any lurking insects out, you know. But so, uh, it's another um, really good one for, for tea brewing. Yeah, it it has a lovely fragrance, and I keep meaning to make tea out of it. I just have so many other choices this year. <laughs> so, so um, March, do you have any questions for Susan before we see if anyone has a question? Well, I think um, one question that that people often want to know about is when is the best time if you're going to um, cut herbs for drying them. Um, keeping them over some period of time, when's a good time to cut them? They usually will harvest them early in the morning. Um, and so what you want to do is um, make sure that the, you're not harvesting in the middle of the day where the sun's beating on them and their oils are escaping. You're trying to keep their oil, as much of the oil of the plant inside. And that's one of the problems with herbs is that you don't really grow it like a regular plant. Um, you're not supposed to fertilize very much on herbs because yeah. you want them actually to grow slowly. And if you fertilize too much, they grow fast and then they don't accumulate the oils uh, that you want to have in there. So a slower growth and hardly any fertilizer and oftentimes none, you know, but very little if you do use, you know, fertilizer on your, your herbs, just a slow growth. You want it to be slow and gather up those, those wonderful oils. How about for the stage of growth that the herb is 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 at for um, considering? Oh, is it good this week, or should I wait until next week to clip some herbs and dry them? What what do you think on that? As to when to take it, I think whenever yes. you're wanting some, then it's time to harvest. You know, um, I don't know that I'd wait to the very end of the season or anything. I would say you could harvest a little bit every couple of weeks if you're going to be drying. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of drying do you do? Do you do, um, you know, outside air drying or do you put them in well, the microwave or what? I have an extra oven, believe it or not. And to keep herbs away from the, the cats, um, I will stick them in there and it's, it's fairly um, air, airtight. And so I'll just, um, I'm, I'm not very particular, um, a sloppy, some might say, and um, I'll, I'll leave things in for, a couple of weeks and then go look at like the basil or I grow bay and, you know, mostly culinary herbs. And so I'll go look at them in a couple of weeks and see if I think they're dry enough to, to be put up in containers. That's my procedure. Yeah. I think there's several ways. Even people put them in the oven real low and um, yeah. dry the, the leaves in that way. And so that works as well. Lots of ways to dry them if you want to store them for a long period of time. Yeah, and if like somebody has, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Susan. Oh, go, oh, oh, go on, uh, Deborah. Okay, I was just going to say, if you have an apartment and you are growing herbs in pots, you can certainly just kind of pick them as you need them 
too. Uh, oh, sure. And it, it, if you get that, I've noticed that if I get the tips, the younger growth toward the top, I get better flavor from, from that part of the plant. It might depend on the herb too, but in general, I've, I've found that it makes a better cup of tea. Yeah, it's kind of like um, when you go to purchase tea, if they're picking the top two leaves, you're going to pay a whole lot more for that tea than you will for uh, the stuff in a bag that maybe is sweepings off the floor. <laughs> you know? and so yeah. They say if you get a whole leaf you know, in your, in your tea, you're going to be paying a lot for that. Um, and so you'll see whole leaf teas and it'll say top two leaf teas and things of that nature. And then there's all the others that are just in the bag. You don't know whether it's the middle of the plant, bottom of the plant, you know, whatever that might be. But um, yeah, I'm a tea drinker from way back, but I've just kind of gotten into the herbal teas more recently because I've always liked black tea a lot. And I remember the first time I ran across a tea plantation and there is one down in South Carolina. Yes, I've been there. In the United States. Yeah, just yes. one. And I went yeah. running out into the field and grabbed a leaf and, and chewed it up and it didn't taste anything like tea. <laughs> no, no, because it has to it has to go through its processes and it's been of so have to dry and cleaning and, and drying and, and you know, yeah. and it depends on when the leaves are picked. Is it the first flush? Or, oh. Yeah, the camellia. I was so sinensis. disappointed. There's a, yeah, there's there's a lot to learn about camellia sinensis oh, for sure. Yeah. I just I just thought it was. I thought it was going to taste like tea. I just knew it would, and um, yes. it didn't. It just tastes like a leaf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm a black tea fun. fan as well, and uh, and and yeah, it's um, it was it's a wonderful place to visit because not many of us are going to have the opportunity to go overseas and uh, visit. Um, tea plantations in Ceylon, for example. So if you can go to the Charleston area of South Carolina, you can visit there. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, one of the plants that I really think is another wonderful tea um, drinking plant, and that would be the chamomile. And the chamomile has an apple-like, you know, fragrance and flavor to it. And um, and I think that, yeah, it's even the name chamomile, it comes from the Greek, which means um, on the ground. And um, the mile part of it comes from melon, which means apple or ground apple. So they kind of call it a ground apple because it kind of smells like one when it's bruised or, uh, you know, when you press it and kind of smell it between your fingers. It's a, a great, you know, very nice flavor and um, a really pretty plant has big old, um, well, I wouldn't say big, but good-sized flowers on it for a little tiny plant that it is. And um, that fragrance is just wonderful. And I just love plants that have fragrance. And that's why I guess I, I grow a lot of herbs in my yard. I don't like commercial chamomile tea, but I really like it fresh when I grow it and pick it fresh. It, it's a completely different tea to me. I don't know why, yeah. but it is. I think it's, yeah, I think it's yeah. a lot lighter, don't you think? A lot lighter f- flavor you, to it. You get more of the fruity part of it, too. It, it's just, a, it's more minty when it's um, processed, but it, it's, it is a nice tea, and it's nice for calming the nerves, too. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. another we, good one. We, we, um, we have covered quite a few herbs and 
I'm real curious to know if anyone has questions. Travis, could you tell people how they can join? I can do that. And so far, we do have two hands. Uh, if you are on a PC, if you want to raise your hand, it is Alt-Y. And once you're given permission to talk, it is Alt-A to unmute. If you are on a Mac, it is Option-Y to raise your hand. And as far, and then you'll, when you're given permission to talk, you'll have to tab around and look for the unmute button because the typical Command-Shift-A command does not work on webinar. If you are on a phone to raise your hand, I believe it is somewhere in the middle of the phone towards the bottom, people have said. So double tap there to raise your hand. And when you're given permission to talk, the unmute button, button I believe, is in the bottom left-hand corner of the phone. Double tap there. If you are on a touchtone phone, it is star nine to raise your hand and star six to mute and unmute. And our first and speaker. Also, oh, go ahead. I'm just um, if you could tell us where you're calling from, too, that would be great. All right. Go Our ahead. First speaker is Marcia Summers. Hi, everybody. Hi, Marcia. This is my first time here. I've been seeing this and wanting to come to it. And I finally got in and got a chance to talk to you guys. I'm from Daytona Beach, Florida, and I would like to say that our growing season is from October to, um, to April. So we're opposite of those people in the north. And um, I do love uh, herbs. In the summer, the only thing that I think that I can really grow is okra. And it's wonderful to see it grow and go out and cut it before it gets spiny. Um, my question is, Y'all are talking about making tea, and I don't know how to do that from the leaves. I have basil um, most of the summer uh, herbs won't last here, but I just I would love to go out and make a basil tea or something like that. So could you go into some detail about that? Well, yeah, you, you, you when you're going to yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we are talking about infusing it, and if you're infusing it with um, fresh herb, you're using about three teaspoons full, and you're covering it with maybe a cup of boiling water, and uh, you let it uh, steep or infuse for as long as you would like. Some people um, do it for five minutes, three minutes. Some people as much as a half hour. It all depends on the plant that you're using and whether the taste is something that um, you know is to your liking. And you can buy little wire baskets that you can use to put the herb in and steep it. And then you just pull the basket up and out of the water when you're done. And it, it, it works really nicely, but you don't have to have a basket. You can just strain out the, the herb. I think you could probably even put the herbs in a little muslin cloth and have that like your little tea bag if you wanted, you know, to steep like that. One of the things that um, I did, if, if I have a stomach ache, uh, like if I eat red sauce with rosemary or some kind of something in it, and I wake up with this cut across underneath my breast that's, that's really painful, uh, I have, my girlfriend said to use bay leaves. And so I do keep 
bay leaves, dried bay leaves, and I will put them in a bunch of water and, and boil it on the stove, then put it with some honey. And it, it's really wonderful for that problem. Yeah, you, you are making a tea. And yeah. you can, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the, a couple, couple of herbs you might think about trying, um, and Susan, correct me if you think this might not work, but I'm wondering if lemongrass would be a good one there in Florida. Yeah, I think lemongrass would. We have trouble with lemongrass growing it here as we don't have as long a season for it, but we can grow it. It's um, But you guys are lucky to have such a long season for growing. We but did. yeah, I would say lemongrass would be good. Yeah, I would I would agree. Marsha, you were... We did buy a small plant, and Jason put it out by the, by the south side of the uh, house, and it got to be as tall as I was, but I wouldn't know how... It, what do I do? Cut some of the leaves? Yes, you cut you cut pieces from this is Marge and, and I have a lemongrass plant that I moved from Minnesota when I moved to uh, Savannah. And so Marsha, my climate for growing is similar to yours in a lot oh. of ways. And and yes, the, the uh, lemongrass takes off. Doesn't matter if it gets a lot of rain or not much rain. What you can do is cut those those stalks that they seem more like stalks than leaves and you yes. can make the um just cut the pieces small enough to um put in your teacup and pour water over that and that will make a very um interesting tea um, out of out of that for sure you can you can do that uh grow lemongrass as as you found out also during your the time that you're growing, you could um, certainly have mint in a pot and mint makes a, an, an excellent um, tea. Any time of the year is also very soothing uh, to the stomach. So I would uh, vote for you're trying mint, go to your garden center um, this fall and, uh, and get yourself a, a mint plant. What other um, herbal teas, Deborah, do you enjoy Oh my goodness. Well, I was just talking about mint. There are so many different kinds of mint. You can, yes. Pineapple mint, uh, chocolate mint, um, there, spearmint, peppermint. There are, if you just get got mints, you would have all kinds of apple mint. You have all kinds of choices just there. It's easy to grow and it will do well in a container or uh, in the ground. And I, that would definitely be a, a, a good one. Uh, they, they're pretty hard to kill. <laughs> they are, and they all make good teas. And I keep mine going, but I take them out of the pot when they start to, to flower and get real leggy, uh, meaning they grow tall and spindly. Um, you take them out of the pot and you take um, a, a piece of the root that still has leaves on it and you put it in a different pot and have soil around it. And that's how you keep your mint going. Cause that's it, it, it will um, get all tangled up and root bound in a container and it won't be able to continue growing season after season unless you do that procedure. It's brutal, but uh, it, it is how you can keep mint. I've had peppermints that I've had going for a number of years. Uh, one called Blue Balsam 
uh, mint that I really like that is a peppermint, and, and I, I managed to keep it going that way. Well, that, thank you so much. That's wonderful. Thank, thank you, Marcia. The other thing, so that Travis, I want, you, oh, I have I'm one sorry. I, um, is it all right if we go on to another person sure. and then you can come back? Would okay, that sure. be okay? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Marcia. All right, Travis, you said somebody else had a hand raised? Yes, our next hand is Dexter. You may unmute. Uh, hi, Dexter, Hello, uh, where are you calling from? India. Oh, wow, That's you're our first call from India. Thank you for joining okay, us. Uh, and not easy from here in India since uh, it started at 2.30 in the morning. Anyway, um, I have a couple of questions, and then I can fill you in a bit more on why your tea uh, from tea leaves did not taste right. Uh, anyway, uh, what I am looking for is I my home in Mon in the U.S. is in Montana, and I only spend about five months a year there. And so, what I need to find are herbs that I can grow in containers, you know, so no matter what time of year I come there, I can go ahead and start, you know, growing them immediately. But preferably, is there something that I can, you know, that will come back to life if I, you know, start watering it, but I can, you know, okay, you know, just take off and not be watered for five months and then come back, water it, and you'll start growing again. Um, we do use lots of curry uh, leaves. We use quite a few bay leaves. We use basil. We use uh, basically can you name it on herbs because in West Bengal, which is where I'm at, uh, in Kalyani, which is about 60 miles from uh, Calcutta, <clears throat> it basically. Uh, West Bengal uses lots and lots of herbs. And that, uh, yes, they do use some chilies like North Indians do, but um, lots and lots of various herbs. And uh, they eat almost anything. For instance, mocha here is not, even though it's spelled the same, is not uh, your you know, coffee with chocolate in it. Mocha is actually a dish made from banana flowers. Hmm. Wow. Okay. That, that is fascinating. I wish we need to have you on for an hour. <laughs> I hope you contact us. Uh, there is a lot we can talk about just talking about food. So, Susan, do you have any suggestions for him? Well, that is a tall order to come up with uh, some herb plants that'll come back without having been watered for five months. However, I think that the, there are perennials that could probably withstand, uh, you know, a condition. Uh, depends on where you keep them, you know, if they're inside a house and you water them right before you leave or something. Um, I think things like thyme, there's about 17 different types of thyme. And as a perennial, that's a pretty tough plant for not getting water and then coming back after it hasn't had water. Sage would be another one. And I would say oregano and, of course, the mints are, are pretty tough plants, too. 
Um, but once again, that five months of not water, uh, boy, if, if you have a friend who could just pop a little water yeah, on them, I mean, you know, if, after depends, two months or something. <laughs> I would say, too, it well, depends on where where they're being, you know, where is five months of cooler weather or what kind of weather. Um, chives would be another one that would come back. And I think Bay would because manage I, as well. I really need to have it inside my house because... You know, in Montana, basically you can get snow, you know, up to the end of of uh, May. So, you know, it's really for me to come back and use something, it's got to be staying inside my house. So temperatures are probably only going to be down to around 60 is about what I keep my house during the middle of the winter so that pipes don't freeze. Yeah, I, don't, well, I think I don't also... Well, I, I Go was ahead. just going to say, I used to live in northern Idaho where it would get down to 40 below and um, very short growing season. And there were my, wild mints and all kinds of wild herbs growing up there. So it's possible you could um, have an outdoor herb garden with hardy herbs that would pretty much take care of themselves and um, growing things inside and not watering them for extended periods could be really tricky. Yeah, I think that probably um, lemon balm and maybe even the lavenders might be able to live through something like that. But I think if I were leaving and I know when I do go on trips and I, what I do is I water things and then uh, what I do is I put them above a container of water so that they actually are not in the water, but raised up above a container of water. So I have a tray of water under them. And so that keeps the humidity up if I'm not going to be there for a while. And that seems to help with some plants. And you might try that, uh, you know, with your house, your house plants, your herb plants inside. Okay. Yeah. I you, appreciate you. And that you said is a oregano um, was one of them that's a preano that you thought might come back. Oh, yeah. I think oregano would. In fact, I think, um, like I say, oregano and the mints and um, sage, uh, maybe even French tarragon and thyme, I think they would come back. The lavender would probably come back. Garlic would come back. Chives is a good one that was mentioned. And um, bee balm even, I think, would come back. I mean, those are all perennials, and they're fairly tough plants. And I think, you know, if you gave them a little bit of extra humidity around them, that they might be able to last long enough until you got back and started to water them up again. Well, the garlic, uh, actually, no matter what, that would be a good one for us. I mean, like, for instance, when my wife makes dosa, uh, she'll basically use two uh, full garlics to make those for us for a morning. And so we use lots and lots of garlic. There's a really tasty garlic chive too that you might want to look out for. It is delicious. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Garlic chives would be great. Yeah. I, I think they would they would survive. Mine sit outside and I during the winter they go dormant. Um, and I don't water them. Um, let them be and they, they come back every time. 
So okay. thank you so much, Dexter. Thank you um, for calling. Uh, you, you said that you had a, an idea of why the tea doesn't taste as good. When yeah. Okay. Uh, basically, okay. Now, what you were talking about with regarding the tips of the plants, basically, you're talking like Darjeeling tea. Okay. Darjeeling is totally different than anywhere else in India and most other places for how the tea is done because basically they simply they, as the one person mentioned, there are three cuttings and basically they take off only the tips and only if the leaves on those tips are less than an inch long, okay? And the first cuttings are the most flavorful and then uh, as it goes into the more rainy season and so forth, it, the, the flavor varies in that because uh, Darjeeling gets about a 130 inches of rain a year. Okay, but pea plants in other places in that, uh, for instance, in the South India, in Assam, etc. Uh, basically, they don't do, oh, and the Darjeeling is not processed, it's only dried and bagged, okay? The, the teas from the South and, and in China and so forth, what happens is they take and they take those big leaves like you were talking about. And they, they first dry them, but then after drying them, they put them into a vat and they are fermented for a number of days. And the number of days determines the type of tea. Uh, for instance, a shorter time period, approximately 18 days, if I remember correctly, will give you green tea. Black tea is in between, and then oolong tea is uh, fermented the longest time. Okay, well, well, thank you. And really, I, I hope you will consider coming on and being a guest someday. It sounds like you have a lot of knowledge. We would love to talk to you about growing and uh, what what you know about uh, the tea industry and um, what you, uh, you know, just anything you want to focus on uh, for related to food. And uh, that would be great one of these days. So definitely get in co contact with us and let us know if you want to be a guest. Is there Thank a you. certain... Uh, contact that I should contact. Yeah, uh, you, we'll give we'll give the information again at the end today, and okay. uh, you can always contact ACB Community and um, definitely reach out and we'll we'll connect and see if we can have you come on someday. Thank you. All right, we do have two hands. Are you ready for All the right. next one? Yes. All right. The next one is a phone number 828-828, ending in 772. Hello. My Hello. name is Karen. Hey. Hi. Hi, Karen. Where are you calling from? I'm from Western North Carolina. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Hey. 
I have actually a couple of comments about the previous person. Um, a couple of suggestions. One is, is I grew ginger in a pot and a fairly good sized pot, like one of those that's like a clay pot that's maybe 15 inches across or so. It's a good sized pot. And ginger actually dies back for the winter, um, or at least it does here. Um, so we have to bring it in, otherwise the frost will kill it. So we bring it in and we put it in the basement in a cool, dark space, and we make sure it's watered. I think that if he gave it some extra water or had a tray with extra water for it to sit in, I think it would survive because, honestly, sometimes I forget it's there and I go two months without watering it, and it still lives. Oh, Karen, that's an excellent suggestion. Thank you. Um, the other, no, hold on, let me think. <laughs> What's another comment? Oh, the other thing is, is I wonder if some of the pots he could um, set them in the bathtub, you know, remove the saucer set them in the bathtub and put about three inches of water in the tub. I mean, you wouldn't want a lot of pots in the tub or you wouldn't have much water. And over time, it will, you know, go up through the pot. And by the time he gets back, they might be dry and the tub will be dry and he'll clearly have to clean the tub, but it might be one way to get the plant's water over time. Another really good suggestion. What do you do with your ginger that you grow? Um, we actually make pickled ginger hmm. for sushi. Uh -huh. We make our, we make our own pickled ginger and our own pickled garlic. And the other thing I was going to say is, if he has the opportunity to grow garlic outside, I suspect it might grow in Montana because it grows. We plant it in October here. And it grows until late June. I think it might grow under all that snow. He could check with his local state um, agricultural extension agency and see what they say about growing stuff outside and what will grow well, and what won't. Good point. Thank you, Karen. Thank you sure. for joining us. You're welcome. And I want to thank you about the homesteading. That looks interesting. Kind of what we're doing, except we're not doing, well, the only animals we're doing are honeybees. Well, you don't have, you know what? A person can be a homesteader who lives in an apartment and has one plant. So, um, well, we have, it, we, we have, we have no strict definition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that helps. We have tons of fruits, vegetables, that sort of stuff so well you sound like somebody else who needs to contact us about being a guest so thank you thank you well, thank for you. sharing travis thank do we have any other hands yes marcia has her hand back up and you got nine minutes hi marcia glad to have you back marcia Can, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now we hear you. So, um, I just wanted to mention 
it might be a good idea for Dexter is that I have a hydroponic garden, which is made out of PCV, PCV that piping. And um, it just got put together this week. And it has a big bucket with, um, with a, a hose. And it waters like every five minutes just to, just to touch. And so the seeds are starting to grow. And um, if, if he had a really big bucket, it might not run out of water. I mean, because. Uh, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, um, and, and I mean, even if somebody went in every month or month and a half to, to just restock the water with the nutrients and um, that kind of stuff, I think that everything could live. But he would have to start. Well, thank the, you. He'd have to start the plants out in the garden because it has this long pole and then little holes, and you put. Uh, like like a soft styrofoam in it, and then you put the seeds in there. And I just okay. Well, I'm excited okay. about it. Yeah. All right. Well, keep us posted on how that goes. Um, you might need to be on and talk to us about hydroponic gardening someday. So please not, keep that in mind. Not me. So thank not you. Me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, I'm here to learn from you guys. And are you going to <laughs> like in the summer every Saturday? It's a second, it's all year round, the second Saturday of each month, except July. And um, thank you. So we could probably take one more call. Do we have anybody else with a hand raised? Not at this time. Okay. Susan, do you have any final thoughts before we go to Nella to tell everybody how to join the list? Well, I think that we had some great um, people coming on there with some information. I thought Dexter with his information on and Darjeeling and, um, you know, oolong being the longest that was fermented and Darjeeling not being fermented and things. That was interesting information on tea. So, yeah, there's so much to know on tea. And I think it would be a good thing for us to continue talking about teas in the future. Yeah, I would, this is Marge, and, and I, w- I would agree. I mean, certainly what, what he was discussing was the um, not so much the, the, the herbal teas that, Deborah, um, you're, you're brewing uh, right now, but uh, the black, green, and oolong teas, um, it's definitely a whole world unto itself, and there's lots to learn. Yeah, there, there is. And I've discovered that I like using my limited space to grow high value crops. And uh, herbs are definitely high value when you use them for culinary and tea purposes. Other, uh, so it, it's, uh, wow, we just touched the surface again, Susan, and it's the second time we've talked about herbs. Oh, well, there's so much to, to know. Have you back. Yeah, oh, it's, it's really it a fascinating subject. Yeah, very it fascinating. Is. It mm-hmm. is. And thank you. We really appreciate you every time you come on and talk to us. Thank you for joining us. Marge, do you have any final questions for Susan before we get Nella back on? It's five till. Yeah. Thanks, Travis. Um, oh, gosh. Um, 
any any uh, quite uh, thoughts, Susan, on on new herbs that you've tried um, this season? And we have probably um, one minute. I would say that um, lemon verbena. Try it if you've never tried it. It's just a tender uh, perennial, but grown as an yeah. annual by us. Try lemon verbena in your yard. If you have to go buy a plant, buy one. The, the fragrance is wonderful. Yes, and oh, it makes a great tea. Cool. You can mix that with lemongrass, lemon balm, the other lemony kinds of things. So, yeah, good thought. I haven't grown it. You gave me a new idea. Number three. Oh, you'll love it. Thank you. You'll love it. Thanks for having <laughs> All me. All right. Thank Thanks, you, Susan. Susan. All right. So, Nella, if you can come back on and remind everybody how they can join the listserv. And while she's coming on, I'm just going to say you can always contact us at acb.home.gardens.agriculture at gmail.com. And I can um, forward the information Nella is providing, or if you want to be a guest, certainly contact us that way. Nella, are you back with us? I am. Yay. And I'm excited. I did not know that I, I want to just quickly say, I did not know that I can make tea out of my bee balm. I just planted it for the bees. So I didn't know I could use it too. Um, so yeah, if, um, if you want to sign up for the listserv, it is homesteading by touch, all spelled out, all lowercase. And you can send an email to homesteading by touch, and then the plus sign, the word subscribe at groups.io. You can also, if, if you know how to navigate the groups.io website, you know, there's you can um you know, search for it there and it'll, you can get a link to subscribe there as well. Um, and then again, if, if, if you can't remember this, you can email the ACB home garden agriculture with your information and they can either forward it to me or they can um, send you the, the link to subscribe. So again, it's homesteading by touch plus sign subscribe at groups.io. All right. Well, thank you, Nella. And I know Thanks, we Nella. have to leave at about 59 after today. I want to thank everybody for participating today. Thank Travis, our host, and Deb, our streamer. Also, uh, we won't be here next month. We are skipping July. In August, we will have a special guest. She's my mother. She's a Holocaust survivor. She'll be talking about um, gathering food uh, during very difficult times. Uh, she did live in a concentration camp as a child and has some interesting perspectives on food for all of us. So uh, we will be back in August. And March, I will let you close us out today. Great. Thank you, Deborah. And, uh... We look forward to seeing all, all of you back with us in August and hope that you will be interested in uh, getting involved through this listserv that we're going to get up and running.